0: Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast on Cop Left. We are slightly delayed in bringing a post-match to the Leeds match, but we've managed to get the draw in, so we've a little bit more to talk about. So, sort of join me to talk through last night's game with Leeds United. Uh, First up in Belfast we have John Henderson. How are you this evening, Johnny? All good with you, my man? All very good, Dave, yes. Been a bit Things too long since since I spoke to you, like it's uh, bloody while like. It's been a while, been busy, Dave. Been busy. Real life shit and stuff. <laughs> Can't all lie on a beach. <laughs> and second up, um in Bangor. He's moved. Is Glenn Murray. How are you, Glenn? All good with you, my man? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Happy enough with everything.
1: Oh aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: No problem. Listen, and last up in Belfast, we have Dave Dunning, who's probably the most regular out of all of us on here. at The minute, Dave, how are you, my man? All good. Good, thanks, Dave. How are you yourself? Ah, just str- struggling by, as as you know. You know it's hard. Like it's just you just got to struggle by day by day. <laughs> so listen, let's get into this game. We won two nil, little bit frustrating at times and john since you haven't been on in a while i'll I'll let you have first crack at this we saw a lot of youngsters we got to see a lot of to be honest with you i I was quite happy enough with the performance and i'm just seeing this the sort of second string there's a lot of positives in there the game could have gone maybe a a different way for us it ended up sort of comfortable enough in the end but there was a stage that was slightly frustrating but I, i actually enjoyed watching the kids what was your spin on it? Yeah, I think you know,
2: Leeds are fifth in the in the championship, so so they're not mugs. We made a lot of changes. I think really if you don't count reggie, reggie's it's probably gonna become a bigger player for us now, given the injuries and stuff. But um if you don't if you don't count him, there's really only two regulars, Mane and Wijnaldum. Only only really two players from our, our team that's been playing in the league regularly. So there was a lot of changes. There was a lot of young players. Yeah, there was a few hairy moments. I don't. There was a lot. You know, there was a lot of parts of the game where it just didn't seem to seem to click. And you're going to get that. You know, when you've got a and you've Stewart, there was just a lot of. You know, there was a lot of changes with them two playing with Chan in the midfield. It didn't quite gel at times. There was times where we just seemed to take a wee bit too much out of the ball. You know, Chan did a few times, Origi did. Um Manny looked a wee bit off the pace to be honest. And he and he sort of came into it then in the last half hour. But you know, once they they missed their big chance when, you know, Stuart made that mistake when I think it was Trent played played the ball into him and he let it run across him. And your guy Roof hit the post. That was their big chance really Dave. But once they missed that, you could sense there was a wee bit of a feeling with them that maybe their chance was gone and then it's it's just a brilliant ball in from I don't know whether we call him TAA or Alexander Arnold or whatever. I'll just call him Trent. But uh it was a great you know, that cross was was just brilliant, just that perfect cross. And once Origi put that in, you know, it was one way traffic. So it was a good result. You know, at the end of the day, it's not our full not our full side. Um, didn't play great, but we're into a semi final and uh, we've got a really good chance of winning the trophy, so it's a good night's work.
0: No, indeed. And, and I think it was yourself who said in the group last night, and quite rightly so, you know, let's not take anything away from this. This is Leeds' biggest game in a very long time, John. And, you know, they were play- they were giving it everything out there. And, you know, to us, it's, it's maybe, you know, I'm not take, trying to detract from it in any way, but, you know, we have bigger fish to fry this season. To Leeds, this was a really big game.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, I know that because my dad's a Leeds fan. And he hasn't been chatting much about football for about 10 years, <laughs> and he suddenly was messaging to me a lot about, uh, about football. Um, but it was, it was massive for them, of course it was, and everybody was talking about the crowd and, you know, the the crowd were shit and stuff, and do you know what? Our crowd can be a bit, you know, they haven't always been up for it, and that's been something that we've seen over recent years. But, you know, the Leeds fans, they were there in their droves. I mean, they had the whole of that, you know, the whole of the Annie Rodin, they were there, and they were, you know they were going mad, but it was a big, 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 big thing for them. You know they've missed that the big time, going to the big grounds and playing in the big games. And for us, yeah, that was the point I was making. It was our, it was our reserves basically. You know, playing in a in a cup quarter final in our out of the three competitions we we're going for the the third most important. So, yeah, you know it was, it was big for them, Dave.
0: No, absolutely. And, and Glenn, we we scored some. The two goals we scored were. were... Well, the last one was a thing of beauty, but the, the first one was a real good striker's goal
1: from Origi as well. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Two good goals. Um, I, I commented last night, that it sounds weird saying this as a Liverpool fan, but the first goal, that delivery in the box, it, it was like watching David Beckham, the way he put the, the whip and the shape on the ball into the box off the right wing. But yeah, like you say, two good goals. But I mean, I, I think if you, if you looked at the scoreline without seeing the game, you would have thought that, that was a, a probably a routine win for Liverpool, but uh, I mean we all know it was anything but. Leeds really did test us last night. I think they had a they had a really good chance in the opening few minutes. Um, I think it was the winger Sacco who came in off the left, or sorry, off their right, and uh, Minule was forced into a good save. And I think I kind of questioned Moreno's positioning because he was a bit too far up the pitch. Like he he does like the, the get forward, but uh, yeah, and then obviously. John touched there um, when Leeds had a chance in the second half and they hit the post. Um, so it was a, it was a very tough game for us and, and Leeds were certainly no pushovers, that's for sure. And Dave, yourself,
0: um, you know, one thing we have learned from, from this game is that Simon Mingley still has a few question marks over him. But, you know, we, we saw a lot, a lot of the youngsters come in. What, what impressed you about this lot? Dave, I find these games interesting, not so much for
3: to see how the team plays, but to get a look at players that you wouldn't normally get to see. And I think, you know, the obvious The obvious things have already been pointed out there. Um, you know, Alexander-Arnold was really accomplished and really athletic going down the right-hand side. Um, defensively solid, calm, wanted to play the ball on the ground and, you know, tried to get forward and get into the box. And you saw on a couple of occasions the the types of crosses that he can deliver. So he impressed me. Ejaria impressed me as well. Likes his little turn away from the player when sometimes he could do it a little bit more simple. But um I think I think I would probably describe that as a precocious performance from him because he looks as though he's got all the talent in the world. And and watching him the, the last few times I've seen him play, it's just makes me more and more surprised that Arsenal let him go a couple of years ago. Either that or he's he's really come on in leaps and bounds since he's joined the club. But he's definitely one to look out for. And then, you know, you have the fairy tale at the end there. The young fella comes on and...
0: How can you not smile oh. at that, Dave? You know what I mean? That's that's just... So, I was never... so happy just watching his wee face when he was running away. It made me smile. Um, <laughs> it, was a really, it really was.
3: It was a really nice moment. Um, and he didn't mess around when he was sticking it into the net too. Fuck, he didn't laugh. Um, no, he didn't. Um, but I think, you know, especially with him being as young as he is, like, he's not just 17. He's only just turned 17. Um, I think Klopp's right. We have to be very, very careful with him. The boy hasn't stopped growing yet. And you saw in the past, the injuries that Owen picked up, It's an obvious comparison, but even, even Gerrard, when he was continuing to grow in, in the early parts of his career, he was getting lots and lots of injuries, so we do need to be careful with him. But I, th- I thought, overall, it was a good performance. Um, I think Origi looked sharp as I've seen him, showed some great feet for the for the second goal as well, um, inside the box. I think he attracted three players to him, and he managed to dig a cross out across to Wijnaldum, and, and he laid it off for the young fella. But... I think more than anything else, it was a good opportunity for the manager to assess the rest of his squad to maybe give him a better idea of what he's going to do in January, if anything at all. Um, So you know, it was good to see um, Origi getting back to the form that he's been in, and and also you know you're looking at Alexander there. Could Alexander Arnold can just step in as as cover for right back? And no surprise now that the club didn't sign anybody, but. Yeah, overall, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a job well done more than anything else. And you know we shouldn't have taken that game lightly. It was, it was a cup quarter final, and, and we didn't take it lightly. So you know, as the guys have said, they're in the semi final now, and you know we're we're essentially two draws away from um, from the final and and the first trophy available in the season. So that would be something something really positive to to go into the final and really kick on from there. Because it did us. I think, even though we lost the final last year, I think it did us the world of good um, with our with our UEFA Cup run. we really used that as a platform to say, you know, we can we can compete in these rounds and these knockout tournaments, and we can win the games. So yeah, all's looking good, and it's it's another it's another win and another clean
0: sheet. Oh yeah, and you love your clean sheets.
3: Absolutely. Right? <laughs> oh, Listen, loving out clean sheet, me.
0: John, I'm going to come to you about this young lad Woodburn, and you know if you could bottle what that kid showed, you know, just that enthusiasm, that like just the, the emotions that kid showed, and then scoring that goal, and he came on at the weekend there as well. He's only on a couple of minutes, but you know again, just that that just that enthusiasm, you could bottle that and inject it into some of our sort of senior players. You wouldn't have to be fucking go in the right direction, sure you wouldn't.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the great things
0: about being. I think you appreciate it
2: more too as you get older because, you know, most of us guys have been around a while, some longer than others. Dave, Karen, um, but we've you. seen a lot of <laughs> no, no problem. You know, we've seen players come and go, and I think at the age we're at now, you know, <laughs> hitting the forties. You remember Michael Owen? You remember Michael Owen coming through? You remember his debut? I remember when Robbie Fowler came through? And it's genuinely one of the great things I think about following a team and and seeing that cycle of players. And um, absolutely, I mean, he was he was so excited. He, it was just raw youth. I mean, it was you were just watching him peeling away at the cop End, scoring a goal, and you were thinking that wee lad looks about fourteen. He looks like he should be heading down to a tuck shop in the in the, in the grammar school. He just looks like he's. he's He's just so fresh-faced and so Maybe that's all he, he, he really is. I mean, he doesn't look seventeen either. I mean, that's the thing. Or maybe I'm just getting old. But I he doesn't even look seventeen. Um, but now it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And I think on a footballing note, there was a thing about Michael Owen that, that always stood out but from punditry, from yeah. when he. <laughs> <Obviously not his laughs> no, punditry. certainly wasn't. It's certainly not as fucking punditry. Um, but he was. He was so cold. He was so clinical in front of goal. Even from that first goal he got at Wimbledon when he came on and we lost the game, we were 2-0 down. We were playing shite that night and he just latched on to a pass and it was just so cool. And there was there, there was signs of that way with the way he took that chance. I mean, you know, sometimes a kid like that in a game, they they, they maybe scuff it and it bobbles in or whatever, but he, absolutely the technique was It's flawless. I mean, Wijnaldum did a lovely... We touched him as well. He just teed it up lovely. What about delicate touch. Don't forget about them. Uh, Yeah, you know, he he just sat... It sat up lovely for him. I would read a lot into that way, a young player. You know, cop end, his first real proper chance to get a goal, it comes, and at that age, to just put it away like he did, He's a, you know, it was was such a natural finish and strike of the ball. So uh, it was a great moment, and I think... We've got the right manager as well with him. Um We're not in the position that we were going back to Michael Owen's time where we became very, very reliant on him very, very quickly. And he was exceptional, obviously, Michael Owen. So I think there's a good there's a good platform there. Klopp will look after him. He'll not burn him out and we'll, and we'll do it right. And he's a massive talent. I mean, there's two goals for Wales. Uh, I think it was only Luxembourg they were playing against a couple of weeks ago, but they were... The free kick and the the other finish—they were just—he's—he's he's a natural striker of the ball, Uh so he's got a big future. But but it was great, David. Was one of the highlights of the season so far, and there have been plenty already. But it, but it, but it certainly was a big moment.
0: Just joyous, you know what I mean? You just, you just can't—you couldn't not smile at that. I don't care whether you're a fan of Liverpool or not, you couldn't not smile at that. It was just what it meant to him. And and Glenn, you know, we mentioned Origi, um, who really you know could sort of jump into this first team role that uh, has been left by Coutinho. You know, he, he had a good game last night. You know, I always feel that Reggie needs a run of games to really get the best out of him. And and, and maybe that's why he was included in this particular game, just to get him the, 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 the minutes on the pitch. But even at that, you know, we know there's more to come from him. There's plenty to come But he's looking all right as he is at the minute.
1: Yeah, well, I think you had the nail on the head there when you said about getting the run of games because it was similar to the back end of last season um, up until he got that injury. Um, you know he was keeping storage out of the team, and uh, rightly so because he was he was performing well. Um, and as I say, he came on on Saturday, and obviously he got the goal for us against Sunderland, and he looked a threat. Um, and again last night, uh, he caused Leeds lots of problems. Um, to be honest, I think I think the majority of the season so far. Klopp has always had a Riga on before Sturridge, um, especially when Sturridge has been on the bench and he has had to make a change more often than not. It's been a Riga coming on and coming on ahead of him. So obviously with Sturridge being out injured the minute, then you would expect a Riga to come in, and obviously with Coutinho as well. Um, and I think uh, you know a is more of a of a Klopp player because you get that work rate from him. Um, and he also gives us something different, he gives us a different option we don't have it, I don't think with any of our other strikers in terms of an aerial threat and also he does like to run in behind, I know with Sturridge, obviously he has lightning quick but he does play with his back to goal quite a lot, uh, he does like receiving the ball in defeat um, and not very often does he look to stress the defence in behind, um, but Origi does like to do that and we know with Klopp, he does like to, to hit teams on the counter where whenever the opportunity arises and Origi's perfect for that. He's a natural player to come into the side with Coutinho being injured. But at the same time, uh, I don't think that's any anything to do with Sturridge being injured. I think he would have been coming in anyway, because I get the feeling the Klopp fancies him more over Sturridge anyway.
0: No, you make an interesting point there, Glenn. I'll pose it to Dave. Um, you know, there was suggestion towards the end of last season, as Glenn rightly said, that Origi maybe had a sort of nose in front of, of uh, Sturridge in the pecking order. This
3: is a really difficult one. Uh, I think Origi, I think he likes to play off the left, doesn't he? He likes to play off that left-hand side, and I don't want to make a comparison here, but from what I've seen, similar enough to the way Henri used to drift off the left-hand side. So in that regard, if he wants to keep Firmino through the middle, then it's an obvious, it's an obvious choice. However, the conundrum here is, He'll not give you what Coutinho does in in dropping deep and creating the space for the likes of Alana or Milner to go and fill necessarily. Whereas Sturridge will do that. But again, then the other question is: Is Sturridge going to be deployed on the left hand side, and can he deploy Sturridge on the left hand side, or does he have to then you know tinker with it and maybe move Marie, move Firmino? Mane or both of them. I think this is this is a real headache for the manager, and I think the decision was made easy with Sturridge being injured. We've seen Origi come on before Sturridge in the past. Then again, at Southampton, you know Sturridge was the one who who was introduced earlier on, and, and Origi came on for the last last couple of minutes. And I don't know whether that's to do with form, fitness, what he's seen in training. I've got no idea, but this is going to be an interesting one. I like him. I think
0: he's a big talent. Um, I think, and, a you know, are- ball. I think that's the difference, Dave. I think when he starts running at you, you panic. He's a big, big lad. He's you know he's physically developed himself since he came to us. And he he gives teams something something different to deal with, and, and I, I love that about him. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he's got so many facets to
3: this game as well. You know, he can drop deep and hold it um and use his body to protect the ball and lay it off. Nice one two with Mane for the for the for the goal the second goal and the quick feed he showed the buck. And there was one occasion where he absolutely put the afterburners on down the right-hand side towards the end of the first half and left the fullback for dead. Um, He was like an Olympic 100-meter sprinter going down the line. So, you know, I think he's got it all, but he's still work to do and – in the likes of his decision making. But the one thing that I would say is the goal that he scored, it was a real that was a real striker's goal. That was a real number nine's finish. So that is one thing that he will give us that we don't necessarily have with the front three that we've seen. Um, someone whose instinct is to get in between the sticks um and feed off crosses like like what he received coming into the box. Um, and we've seen the majority of the goals he scored have been, you know, in between the sticks and in and around the six yard box. Um, so that's what he will give you. Um, so it, this is going to be an interesting one moving forward. And I think we'll see more. We'll see. We'll get a better idea of Bournemouth on Sunday. Um, and but again, depending on on whether Sturridge is fit or not, there's also the reliability issue. Um, if it's going to be five, six, seven weeks, will continue being out. You know, does he does he throw Riki in, thinking that he's going to get five, six weeks consistently in the team out of him? Because seeing Klopp doesn't really like to change it a great deal. Um, or does he does he plump for storage and, and keep his fingers crossed that he can't stay fit and get his sharpness back in those five six weeks? So lots of questions, Dave. I suppose is the summary there, and we'll we'll see what the answer is at the weekend
1: or the weekend after that or the weekend after that. He, he was sort of, this was sort of labelled Adam when he first joined us that he, he he looks quite raw, and I still think that's the, still the case to a certain extent. The only thing I would say in Sturridge's defence. Is if the ball, if I had a choice of the ball dropping to either two of them, in the 18 yard box, I know I'd have Sturridge every time. He's a, a far more accomplished finisher than Origi. as I, I think as I, as I said before. And the in the style of play the club adapts, you know, Origi fits it a lot better than what Sturridge does. Um, but I mean, it's a good problem to have. The only issue is at the minute is. With Sturridge, we, we don't know if he's hundred percent fit. You know, he he's obviously he seems what, to have picked up another wee what's niggle. The,
0: what's the problem? Because I I've been sort of kind of out of a loop with him, very very but I, there, but that's
1: the thing. There does isn't a, even know? Uh, no, there ha- I mean, there hasn't been anything come out. I mean, I wasn't aware that there was any issue with Sturridge until the day of the game on Saturday, um, when we heard he wasn't going to be involved. But that is uh, that's the thing with Sturridge. You know, this is this has happened time and time uh, over the last sort of. Well, ever since he arrived, really, you, you know, um, he just can't seem to to stay fit consistently. And I know, I mean, I heard some people have said that this season he's always been fit and available, but the reason he has been is because he hasn't been playing. You know, he can't get injured if he's not on the pitch. Although, saying that, this time he somehow has found, found a way to, to do that on the on the training pitch. But look, like, no, I, sort of going back to my original point, like I say, I think Origi fits the system a lot better than storage, but... I still think Sturridge is a far more accomplished striker, and as I say, provided he is back uh, and fully fit, then it'll be a good problem to have to have them two up front.
3: I saw I saw some mental stat
1: earlier on today, um, and
3: I I didn't quite fully take it in. So it might have been it might have been this season or since he's joined. I think it must have been this season. But Riggie has been involved in a goal or assist every forty three minutes this season. Which I think is just crazy. Like we are talking about numbers like that with that kid, Anya at City early on this season. I don't even think they were that good.
1: You know, if he's well, to- all relative though to the minutes he's played on the pitch. You mean, oh, i mean course, I, that, how it's many like games Sturridge's are really-
0: starts You know, he well, starts yeah, of for, and, You know, stats can mask a lot of realities. I I find you know. Of course it is, but
3: my point is that you know we mentioned earlier on that Ariki is a player that maybe needs a run of games to get to the stage where he's really performing at, at his at his highest level. So if he's contributing in that way, coming off the bench and in bit parts and not getting a run of games, then from what we mentioned earlier on, we're suggesting that there's only going to be an improvement on that. I don't know. Um, but the boy obviously has got end product is, is the point here. He's obviously got end product both in goals and assists. So, um, you know, he can go in there and he can, he can absolutely do a job. We, we don't know how, how clinical and prolific this guy is going to be until we give him a run on the team. And we might find that, you know, he goes and he scores 20 goals this season. and We're maybe not having this conversation anymore. So I think if, I hope, I hope he does get six, seven games. I know what Daniel Sturridge can do if and when he's fit. But give him six, seven games in that side. And I'd be really, really interested to find out what type of performances we see and what type of productivity and output we see from the kid.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I'll bring John into this one because, you know, obviously it, it's going to be up and coming for Bournemouth. The question's going to be raised as to, as to who comes in, whether or not Sturridge fits is another matter. But even if he was, John, I just think, and, and it's it's no slight on, on, on Sturridge at all, I just think Origi fits our system, fits what we, we try to do on the pitch maybe a little bit better. And, you know, obviously we know all, all we need to know about Daniel Sturridge, we're still learning about Origi and I, I think it's quite fun to, to, to watch him. What, what, what's your thoughts on, on the Coutinho replacement situation?
2: You know, it is clear that Klopp said it from the very start. I think he said it from the, the very first game he took charge when we were at Spurs and he said it about Origi. He said this is a player, I think the way Jürgen put it in his mad way was, you know, this is a player we're going to have a lot of fun with. And I think he also said that he was a player he'd looked at when he was at Dortmund. So he, he's a fan of him, and there's no doubt, Dave, as you said, he's, he's beefed up a lot, you know, physically. Now he's he's very imposing. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He gives a bit of running power that uh, manny aside, there's there's no one else really, you know, comes close to that. And I think it's it's very much, you know, going off Klopp's history with it. You'd have to say, you know, you'd back Origi to be the guy that gets the, the run on the team. Um, Sturridge has got a, you know, you were talking there and saying, well, what's the prognosis? My understanding is it's just a minor, I think it was a minor calf stream. Um, and I think, you know,
0: what I'm hoping that is... he six didn't six months, John, yeah. worth his record.
2: <laughs> well, he's, in fairness to him, he, he, he has been in a better run. And yeah, I know the point that he hasn't been playing games, but... Sturridge wasn't getting injured in games. Sturridge was getting injured on comebacks when he was on the training field. That's my thing with Sturridge and Klopp and the medical team and etc. They've all clearly looked that way him, and they're working with him differently. And he said that himself. You know, he's got a different training regime than he did when Rodgers was there. I'm a massive fan of Sturridge. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the best strikers in the league. He's, he's he can do a lot of things better than. Practically anybody in our squad, he's 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 a brilliant finisher. He's, you know, he's got a great he's got a great touch about him, a great brain. And I, I personally would love to see him, you know, get a, get a run of games now if if he's ready uh, for for Sunday. But yeah, you know, Jurgen's his own man, and um, and Klopp as well. He he'll be looking at the fixtures now. You know, he'd be looking at at those next sort of five. Five league games. The games coming up now between now and we play City at home. And he'll have a plan. He he'll know where those games over Christmas in particular. I think it's ten games in forty three days. He'll know. Yeah, he talks enough exactly. about it,
0: so he'll know all about it, John.
2: <laughs> he, he he does, and this is the thing. He's 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 pragmatic that way, Clap. He he will know. He probably has an idea of exactly what kind of rotation if they're all fit that he's gonna be doing and to keep people fresh and at the right time and all leading into that city game. Uh, so he'll know already what he wants to do. Yeah. I think that you know, if storage is fit, it's logical to, to think that him and Origi will get a fair bit of game time now over the over over the next month. But I think at the moment, if you're asking me straight up, I'd say Origi probably favourite to start at Bournemouth because He's he scored at the weekend when he's come on. He's made the difference there. He doesn't have any injury concerns over him, and you know he should be. He hasn't played that many, many minutes for us, uh, and as Dave's you know as done and said there, he's, he's he's been effective in the minutes on the pitch. So I'd expect him to get the nod at uh, Bournemouth, and hopefully if Firmino's fit, it'll be uh, you know will be him from for uh, Firmino and uh, Manny.
0: No, I hear you. And, and I just want to I just wanna go round. I'll stick with you to begin with, John. And, you know, there's, there's a lot being made of, you know, what could come in in January. Do you, do you feel that there'll be, you know, players going out? And, and I sort of think of Simon Mingle. Is, is he going to be sort of satisfied just with League Cup appearances and so on? You know, because at the stage of Mingle's career, I don't think he wants to be a number two goalkeeper. Um, do you think that maybe January's a step too soon for that? Or do you see some players maybe parting company with Liverpool? I don't. I don't see many people going going out the door, Dave, to be honest. I think
2: the the Coutinho thing, although he could be back, you know, Paul Joyce is usually fairly reliable and the Express has said that he continues targeting the City game. So if he's back on New Year's Eve, great. But I think with Manny going, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, the clubs hinted at it enough. I think there might be a forward player coming in, but I don't think so. And I think it would be absolute. You know, we've, we've got Mignolet tied down with a contract. And, all right, I, I would say he's a bit pissed off because, you know, being frank about it, the way we've been defending without the ball, I think i had we, we, read there that, that there's no, you know, we've conceded less shots on goal than any team in, in Europe. So we're, we're defending really well as a team. And I, and I think Mignolet probably would have kept the clean sheets that Carrias has kept. So he's probably feeling a wee bit hard done by. But if you think about it, Dave, the absolute folly we're in, with a real chance of the League Cup. We're, we've got a brand chance of the league this year. Um, you let Mignolet go, you're one one injury, one problem away. And Karius has already had a problem from basically having to throw an absolute rookie uh, in goal. And I don't think the squad's at the point yet where we'll be letting people go. So, no, I don't think there'll be anyone. I think there'll be another bit of trimming in the summer. But if there's any activity in January, it'll be probably a forward player coming in and Obviously, we hear the talk about Van Dyke, which would be amazing if we could get Van Dyke out. I don't think that'll happen. I think Scotland would, would sell him. I think that's something for the longer term.
0: No, and Glenn yourself, you know, again, just you know, we, everybody's talked about, you know, what could come in. I'm, I'm just curious as to, to, to your thoughts of what may go out.
1: No, as, as John said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really expect any myself. Um, I think the only one that could potentially go would be Sacco. Because obviously it's it's quite evident that uh, he's not going to get back in in Klopp's plans, so they might have to to move him on in January. As opposed to letting the, another six months go on his contract uh, until the summer, they might get a bit more money for him if they sell in January. So he would be the only one really I would say that I would expect to to leave. And I'm sure there'll be a few youth team players or reserves who'll go out and know to get some experience um, at lower league clubs. But uh, no, you know I, I wouldn't be expecting um. Any major sort of first team players to, to leave in January.
0: And Dave, um, you know, obviously the Sacco was the obvious one. I was hoping you were all going to forget it, but <laughs> uh, just, to, just to prove how far, you know, just how far I was, our memory he has gone, sort of thing. And, you know, as I say, it, it pains me greatly. You know, Sacco obviously w- w- will need to go, Dave. You know, a player like that can't sit around in an under 23 squad. He's too good for it. Um, but do you see anything bar that? No, no. I think it's. I don't. it doesn't
3: make any sense. Uh, I think I uh, Sacco, if, if Klopp has his way, I'll have Sacco nowhere near the club. Um, and I think, you know, there's already been mutants of Inter Milan, AC Milan, and well, West Brom. Pulis loves around the center half, so um, I'm sure Tony Pulis will be sniffing around there too. But no, it makes no sense. You, you sell a goalkeeper, you have to bring, you go and get one, and it's just not worth the hassle, is it? He'll already have guys. Um guys he's, he's got his eye on and to come in and I think yeah, one more coming in uh, an attack on player. Looks like it's it's gonna happen if if they get the guy they want. And whether we're short one in the midfield or not, I don't know. We'll wait we'll wait and see. Yeah, that that's about it. I, I don't think it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a usual usual anticlimactic, boring January transfer on though, I would assume.
0: Oh wonderful, can't wait. Well, listen. Let's move on to this semi-final. Uh, we, we've drawn Southampton this evening um, over two legs. Uh, I believe we're away the first leg, uh, home for the for the second leg. They've, you know, we, we played them quite recently there, and uh, you know that they, they they set up very defensively. Obviously, they can't do that in the cup. What 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 do you think this game looks like? Yeah, Johnny mentioned that earlier too. I think he's, I think you're both right. I think.
3: They can't. They can't rely on on going to Anfield and getting a result. I don't think. I think that's the way that they'll be thinking anyway. I watched them both games against Inter. I don't know if that's going to be anything to go by, but you know they went to they went to the the Miata and they put on a real show, a real attacking show. Um, and they hit the woodwork a number of times. They were they lost the game somehow. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would expect them to go and try and get something at home. But again, I think it'll be. I think it'll be on the counter. I think we might see long, and we might see a bit of pace. And actually, that it was weird. The few, the few times early on in the game that Leeds got behind us, they got behind us with pace and runners from midfield. And I think they exploited the fact that that we had Stuart playing, who didn't quite sit right in between the two centre-halves the way Henderson would do. And there was spaces down each side, um, which we kind of got exposed by. And the fact that the line wasn't great at times um, also helped them. So I would expect them to go with a bit more pace, I suppose is what I'm saying, to try and get in behind us. Um, rather than just sit back and play for a draw. If they manage to get something from the first game, well, we know what the second game is going to look like. But I don't, think I don't think there's much more to say on it than that. Um, these games have a, a reputation and a history of, of not being great on the eye and over two legs. I don't really expect them to be, to be honest.
0: No, and I don't think you make a fair point there. Glenn, yourself, you know, as I say, so happen are very, very fresh in the memory. Surely, you know, they're going to have to offer a little bit more, especially over the two legs, and than, than, than what they did, especially, in, you know, the first leg at home. You'd expect that they'll, they'll need to get something out of that in order to have any stand any chance at Anfield, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that, that train of thought. Um, but me, personally, I, I don't actually see them setting up too differently uh, to what they did against us in the league, because, um, I mean, it got them a result. I know, obviously, they didn't score, and... Uh, you would expect, I mean, over over the course of two two games, you know, you'd expect us to put the ball in at least once or twice. So, you know, going by that, Southampton are going to have to come out and and uh, and get a goal. But uh, I don't see them sort of coming out and you know, taking the game to us in any way. I, I still think they're going to sit deep and soak up pressure and try and hit us on the break. Uh, and and you know, the game against us a couple of weeks ago, in the second half, that, I mean, Charlie Austin really should have scored. It all came from sort of sitting deep and hitting us on the break. They've got a lot of pace up front with um, Bouffal File um, and and Shane Long as well. He's another quick one who can come into the side. So I mean, personally, I don't see them setting up too differently uh, in the first leg to the way they did it in the league. Uh, as I say, I sit deep have got the pressure and trying to hit us on the break. But the key will be is that if we can get an early goal, then that will change their game plan game plan entirely. Obviously, then they will have to come out and try and get something from it. But uh, uh, me, personally, I, I don't see them changing too much.
0: No, and, and John, yourself, do you have any different thoughts on it? I'll say, you know, they, they, they just can't sit. They they need to score in, in, in somewhere over the two legs, you know. So it, it, I always... Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think the key difference is in the game, they were
2: content. I think it, and it was kicking off if you a off the pool. Um, a draw he would have they're not going to look at that game and think a draw is going to be good enough because I think they know that if, if for example it's nil it's null, no, no, they've got to come down um, and there's not many teams that look like anything at Anfield so I do think it'll be a slightly different game I don't know where Glenn's coming from because I think they obviously can't go bucked off because if a team comes on to Liverpool and leaves these leave spaces you know we, we can absolutely kill teams so I think they'll be more attack minded. Um, I think they'll still make sure that they don't leave themselves too exposed to expose the, the counter attacks. But I think they will have a, have more uh, of a go at us. But I think the great thing about Liverpool and Klopp and where we're at at the minute is, you know, I don't really. It's, it's almost it doesn't really matter what they try to do because we'll do our thing, and if we do our thing well, and and we're at it on the night. Then, you know, we'll get the goals there. Um, I've, I've no doubt about that. We we should. Have, they were very defensive in the league against us. It was just our finishing on the day, let us down, and some a brilliant save as well from my that Forster made. So I'm expecting it to be. I Think, Domon's right there. What he's saying. You know, these games are usually scrappy and they're usually a bit nervy. But I, I'd expect us to come through probably three-one aggregate, something like that over the. Over the over the two games, and looking forward then to a the potential final
0: against Josie. All being well, Oh, playing against the eight one one again, can't wait. Uh, listen, but b- before we move on, does anybody want to add anything more about this Southampton game?
1: Well, I was just going to say. I mean, obviously, I, I sort of mentioned that I expect them to sort of set up quite similar to to how they've done in the league now. Obviously, I. Yeah, I know that in order for them to go through, they're going to have to to score a goal. There's no doubt about that. But just obviously, there's different ways of going about it. The only reason why I think that they will set up quite similar to that is in the games where we have struggled this season, it has been against teams who have sat very deep and hit us on the break. Um, you know, Burnley, they were the the case in point. Um, you know, they played that that game plan they had. They played it down to a t against us and United at home as well. Obviously, they didn't offer anything going forward really. But again sat deep, frustrated uh, and made it hard for us and uh, and obviously they had happened on the same a couple of weeks ago but yeah I mean I, I totally agree that you know in order for them to have any chance of going through they are going to have to offer more of a threat but I still think they'll, they'll try and sit in and just try and stay in the tie for as long as they can and hope to nick one whether it be from a set piece or on the break.
0: No, absolutely, and, and do any if you see anything other than than a win for us over the two legs because I would like to think we'd be getting past this lot. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> <That's> no, <me.
2: laughs>
0: no,
1: I think we'll do it. I think we'll yeah,
0: do it. Yeah, I, I think we should do it enough. But you, know, you're talking about teams and maybe parking buses and whatnot. And Glenn, I'm I'm going to stick with you because I know you did. I know you did the the, the pre-match or the preview game uh, for the cop table this week with with a Bournemouth fan who was sort of. Less than optimistic about his chances and, and less than complimentary about what we sold him in Jordan Ibe. And and I'm just sort of casting my, my, my you know, forward to the weekend. What's your thoughts on this one uh, against Bournemouth?
1: It'll, it'll be a tough game. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a really good record uh, against Bournemouth uh, in recent seasons because uh, we've played them a, a couple times uh, in a couple competitions before they got promoted to the Premier League. I think we've won on every visit that we've had uh, to the South Coast. So, on paper, it all looks good. I think the other thing that's going to help us as well, and, and I touched on this in in the podcast, um, sorry, in the preview for the Bournemouth game, Eddie Howe is, is not the kind of manager who will put ten in behind the ball and settle for a nil-nil. He does like to play attractive football, and he is positive. He likes to, to try and win the game. Uh, I think that'll, that'll uh, help us. um, Because, like I said, you know, we'll have common stock against teams who have sat very deep against us, but I don't see... Bournemouth doing that um, on Sunday, especially with them being at home as well. Um, I'm sure they'll go out and, and be a bit more positive and and uh, actually try and go out and, and get something from the game, as opposed to just you know trying to to stifle our attack, um, which most teams have been doing this season. Um, so it'll be a tough game, but uh, I'm I'm confident we we'll, we can get a result and uh, and get the three points. Um, as we touched on before, it'll be interesting to see how we line up because obviously we're we're still not too sure uh, on, the, on the fitness levels of, of Sturridge. But um, I think uh, I think Origi will be starting regardless uh, on on Sunday. You'd expect with Bournemouth being a bit more expansive, you'd have a bit more space in behind, and that, that's perfect for Origi. um because like I, like I touched on before, he does like the you know, to stretch the game and running behind the defence. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting three points, but uh, by no means uh, do I think it'll be an easy game. I think it'll be a real test for us.
0: No, I don't I don't think there's going to be any of them that easy, to be honest with you.
1: Um, John, you know,
0: we, we had talked, I think the last pod we were on uh, together, we, we talked about, you know, the run of games and, and you know, putting these sort of. What we you call Maybe mid-table teams that park buses to bed, and and we'd done that before the international break. And we'd done it in some style before the international break, but we seem to be hiccuping again. Well, not hiccuping, but you, you know we've got the same problem. And until such times as we sort of t- develop a formula to start battering uh, th- these teams that are defensively set up, you know, I, I appreciate an early goal changes everything and, and we will destroy teams if we, if we score. But the longer we go without scoring, we're we're, we're sort of suffering at the minute. And you know, obviously teams and managers are now going, Well, that seems to be the best course of action to take. Let's do that. Um, it's only a matter of time really for before Klopp gets, you know, something in in in, in formation or in tactics that, that can start helping to break down these stubborn to move teams, surely.
2: Do you know what I don't know? I don't know if I agree with that. Uh we, we've played seventeen games this season and we've won thirteen and we've drew three and we've lost one and we've we've battered in. About as near as much goals as as anybody else. I'm glad you brought up about that run of fixtures, Dave, because I think the last time I was on, we had three games and we were going around the table, and everyone says we get nine points, which we you worked, which, you which we which we duly did. So
0: I I don't have the same. But do you not miss? I, I miss I, the swashbuckling. I miss that football and this all this defensive tactics against us. I just wanted to find a formula to get us back to that because it was fuck, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, I but well, so we stuck. We stuck six on on
2: Watford. We stuck five on Hull, four on Leicester, Middlesbrough. You know, Mourinho set a bit of a template there. United came, showed no ambition. It's a team of good players as well. So good players being very disciplined and defensive in their jobs and not even trying to score was always going to be difficult. Yeah, you know, but I think these games, Dave, are in the games where we've maybe not blown these teams away. We, we've we've had to find a way. And, and the, that's a good thing for the development of the team because one of the the best parts of winning a championship is, and you've seen it with with Ferguson's United more than any other team, is that composure, as the game enters the last 10-15 minutes, United didn't just fling balls forward and play long balls like they do now under Mourinho. United played very measured football. They would get the ball and work it into good positions, and they would make good chances, and that's something that We've had, uh, you know, we've had to grind it out, and and, and that Middlesbrough game, I think, but sorry, the Sunderland game was a big, big game um, for us in the way that we went about it. And yeah, well, of course, we want to be scoring five, and we want to be scoring six, but uh, you know, as Glenn was saying there, I think Bournemouth will be a completely different. Bournemouth play football; they'll have a go at us, they'll cause us problems as well because they're a good side when they've got the ball. They they move about, and they've got a bit of pace. I think that will suit us. But I, th- I think it's no bad thing that we're we're getting this challenge of, you know, teams coming and, and, and learning to win a different way. And I, I think, as you said, Dave, you know, we, we get an early goal in a game and that will happen with the players we have. We will score in the first 20 minutes in and, and, and quite a lot of these games. And when we do, we'll open them up. So I'm not overly really concerned about it. As I say, our, our record this season has been pretty good. But, yeah, I think it's a lot less stressful when you're scoring half a dozen than it is when you're waiting to 15 minutes to go for a reggie to score. Oh, um, but, I'm, the, but I'm not a really worried. The
0: style of it, John, like the style we were playing going into the international break was it was delicious. I I, I it's just I don't want it. I never wanted it to stop. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I of course. Um, we got early goals in those games and those teams. You know, what all set up defensively. They were just awful. Watford tried to have a bit of a go of us. I don't think many teams will do that, but. I think when you're a team with not great players trying to sit back, we've got the players now. But yeah, you know, the football, of course, it wasn't near as good to watch at the weekend. But I don't think we can keep that level up all the time. Um, but Klopp will have a plan to try and reach
0: that level more often than not. And that's why we're sitting where we are in a, in a great position in the league. Dave, yourself, what is Klopp's plan going to be this weekend? Just more of the same, just running to death?
3: Well, yeah. Why Why would we change anything? Uh, and, and do you know what? I completely agree with Johnny here. Um, we're we're not playing the same football, but I don't think that's down to the team, Dave. That's down to um, teams watching Leicester come and not play particularly well defensively and not sit deep. Watford did the same. Hull tried to, but once they can do the early goal, it was game over. So, you know, that's, other teams watch this, other managers and coaches watch this and, you know, nobody wants to go to, go to Anfield or have Liverpool come to them and have the six put past them. Nobody wants that to happen. So, you know, we've set a marker down as to how we've played so far this season. And don't forget, we've, considered, or we've, we've scored the most goals in the league this season, or no one. To say that we're getting sussed out and we're coming on to stop, I think, is is overly cautious. Um, we're finding a way to score goals, lots of different ways to score goals. And ultimately, you know, this week, I think the guys are right. I think, um, I, I like Bournemouth, they try to play football the right way, they try to get it down. I think they are a bit more pragmatic this year and they're a bit more experienced. Um and they can defend better than they were last year. It's showed in their in their performances in the league position. Um, but I think that we will find it a little bit easier, particularly going away from home to them, um, to try and get in behind them and create more than four or five clear cut chances if we did at Southampton. And if we do take an early chance, then you know, it could be one of those basketball games with bosses back and forth for 90 minutes, which would be great to watch. And that might be when you get your way Dave. But ultimately, teams drop points. All teams drop points at some point along the season. And, you know, if, if some team manages to stifle us the way that Southampton did, it's not... It shouldn't be panic stations. There's 114 team points on offer, And if you, you're you getting 90, you know, if you're getting 90 points, you're practically nailed on. That's dropping 24 points. So it's going to happen. It's inevitable. But... If we continue to keep pace with the likes of Chelsea and City and, uh, and Arsenal, then you know that's all that we need to do. So um, I expect I expect us to go there to try and win the game, to have the majority of the football, um, and eventually get get the breakthrough. And our defending, as Johnny pointed out, has been been absolutely fantastic, particularly in recent weeks. We've conceded what. 14 goals or something, is that right? Does anybody know? Is it 14 or 15 goals? 14 goals, something like that. Yeah, so you know, don't forget, we conceded five of those goals in the first two games of the season. You know, that so from that point, we're conceding less than one goal a game on average. So that's
0: a massive turnaround, Dave. Uh, I, like, even you take the last three seasons as a marker, that's a massive turnaround. Of course, it is.
3: Of course, it is. And we you know, we, we look more cumbersome than set pieces now, it's gone unnoticed. But we don't concede a lot, we don't concede a lot of shots because we win the ball back in good areas. And I don't think it'll be any different. Um and as, as Johnny said earlier on, if we just need to go there, we need to play our game. And as more time occurs in the training ground, the better we're going to get out. Um and the, the, the more often we're going to get the early goal and the more often we're going to get to play the football that we want to play and the football that the fans want to see. So, you know, it, it's it's exciting times, I think.
2: You know what it's worth saying as well, David? It's worth saying as well that when we talk about the defending, you know, we have been really good without the ball. I think that's maybe not getting the credit it's deserved, but I think there is a very serious point here as well that such has been the attacking power. A lot of teams are almost accepting. Now, even Man United, even the mighty Man United are accepting that you can't come out onto a football pitch and have a go at Liverpool, and just have a ding-dong game of football, and you'll get killed. And that is helping us massively as well. Psychologically, now, teams are coming downfield worried. They're not thinking they're going to win. Their mentality is a draw a good result. You know, we've seen that before when Mourinho had the great home record at Chelsea, Ferguson at United. That'll help our defensive record as well, because teams, naturally, they're not having a go at us. Caris must... I don't think any keeper in our history would have had as quiet a first half a dozen games as carius has had. Never,
0: never. He's barely, never.
2: He's ba- barely, barely made a save. You know, and and I think that's we have to put that in the context. So we are defending well without the ball and getting back. But I think we're benefiting too from the attacking power that we have in a funny way. The defense are really benefiting as well because teams are they're not really throwing balls at us, and uh, they're more concerned about keeping them out at the other end. You know. Yeah, I agree totally. We've changed other teams' mentality coming to play us now. Whereas,
3: you know, two three years ago, well, you know, two years ago it was, you know, you can go to Anfield and get a result now. You
0: and can get go, you, can go this to lot. you know, you can go there
3: you and go. get at this No You can go there, and and that's it. Like, you know, telling any club that they can go to a a, a big ground like Anfield and go and get a win, and um, and then actually believe it. You know that, that motivates any team, so you're absolutely right. Uh, it's not like we can go here and, and get a lot. Maybe let's just go here and not get hit for five or six.
0: No, absolutely. Listen, we've gone on a bit. We're, we're, we're roughly up around time. So, just to close it out, I'll start with Glenn. Um, your predictions for this game, what 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 do you see has happened?
1: I think it will be a, a tight game. I'm not expecting a, a four or five, one or, or nil from us. Um, like I say, Bournemouth will come out and they will have a go but as I say it'll be tight I think it'll be 2-1 2-0 um, it, it, it'll be a close game Um, but I'm confident that we'll come out on top and get the three points
0: That's all about those early goals Um, you know I, I can see a 2-0 maybe even a 3-0 John yourself what, what what's your thoughts on it what's your gut telling you? Uh, gut tells me 2-1 or 3-1 that we'll win could be, could be a tricky game um, could be a
2: very tricky game if Firmino still injured and you know Storage is is, is is still out. Um could be tricky, but uh yeah, I, I I think it'll be I'll go for a three one.
0: Dave, I know you're going for a clean sheet. And that's why I sort of went for nil as well, because it's about time we got rid of this sort of, it's, it's terrible because we all do it. I oh, will, you know, we'll, we'll score three, but they'll score one, you know, cause we automatically give them a goal, you know, in our, in our mentality. But I, I'd, I'd like to see another, I'd like to see a two nil or a three nil.
3: Well, everything that I've just said, um, I, I can't say anything, but something nil now, can of. Um, <laughs> you so. You
0: kind of shot yeah. yourself in the foot, like.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've kind of I've, I've, I've backed myself into a corner there. Um, but we've what well, we've, we've kept three clean sheets in a row. So yeah, um I'm gonna go three 0 Um and I am hoping Lilana's back in, in the side um and, and gives us that little bit extra that we've been missing in the middle of the park. Um and Johnny's right, Firmino's, Firmino's a very very, very important player for us for us. Um right now, a very important player, um, as is Lilana. So if we get those two two back in the side, you know, I, I really I really wouldn't want to be going into that game missing Lallana, missing Fermino, and missing Coutinho, and having Mane show the type of form that he showed in the last two or three games where he hasn't quite been at the level um that he's been playing at the at the start of the year. Um that would worry me um a little bit, but in saying that, you'd hope to have at least you'd hope to have at least one of them, if not two, on the pitch. So I'll say um, three nil. Honestly, you're right. The early goal, the first twenty minutes happen are we Think so. Um, but if you, if you if you give me money to put to put on the result, I'll say three nil.
0: I like that kind of bet. I would, I would back you 100%. But listen, lads, as I say, we'll wrap it up with that. And before we go, I shall romp around the table and see what we have to plug and so on. I'll start with John. Uh, we're going to find you on Twitter, John. Anything you want to plug?
2: Nothing I want to plug. Um, Twitter's the same, at Toobinlad, T O B A M L A D to give so we follow chat all things football and sometimes politics.
0: Indeed you do. And Dave, where can we find you? And any recording artists that you want to plug today? Um, I was listening to BB King before, I come on, so <laughs> um,
3: another post this plug. Um, and I'll also plug Clean Sheets. Um, so, yeah. And Twitter, where can we find you? Oh, David Dunning 81, if you, if you feel you're really bored.
0: Yes, if your life has no significance, give him a follow.
3: Yeah, absolutely no. do <laughs> no, absolutely. That's probably that's probably the best reason not to follow me because I'll just <laughs> probably over the edge then.
1: And Glenn,
0: yourself, where can we find you on Twitter, and then you want to plug.
1: Uh, no, just on Twitter. Uh... At Glen Marie ninety
0: one. And nobody is gonna plug the birthday girl Amara's article and she's she's gonna be pissed at you boys. <laughs> no. I fucking tell you, you boys are a deep shit. I'm going to plug Amara's article. I'm gonna gotta get a jail free card here. Uh Amara has written an article on Dejan Lovren uh, for Cop Left, and you can find it on the Cop Left website. Um, we're also tweeting it out quite a bit and everybody's encouraged to retweet that (laughs) all of you boys you need to retweet
2: that can I just say in my defense I wasn't on the, the WhatsApp group today Dave and there was about 140 messages so I'm sorry, Ooms. Um, I missed a memo on that one. <laughs>
0: but but I think we'll all we'll all join in and and basically wish her a happy birthday because it will be her birthday when this is released. So happy birthday! And thank you for all the work you do, Ooms. Um, you know she helps us out in WFI. Does a lot of stuff. Can't speak highly enough for the girl. So we hope you have a wonderful birthday and a very happy birthday from all of us. I'm sure you'll all echo that one. Yeah,
2: happy birthday, Emara.
0: Happy birthday, Emara. Happy birthday, mummy. There we go. Every, everyone's happy. The, the, the world is a balanced place again. She got her plug on and she got her happy birthday. Listen, lads, listen, as always, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's always appreciated. Uh, Enjoy the chat there tonight. And from me, I just want to say go across if you haven't the WFI. Check out the pods we're doing there. We've just added a new Bundesliga podcast. Some great guys on that one. Very knowledgeable guys. I say with the usual stuff out there football grads, bodies in the box, a box, Oliga, very A. Sphere, yeah. Tactics, you name it, we got it. Um, And we're we're beefing it up week by week. Lots of new podcasts coming as well. So give us a look there if you haven't. And of course, take a look at Cop Left, give us a follow there as well. And I'm sure the guys will be back again this time next week with hopefully talking about another nice win against Bournemouth and another three points in the bag towards that City game. So until then, just leave me to say goodnight and thanks for listening.